0: This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxy and cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. This is Strange Assembly, episode 95, Three-Quarters Mad. Well, that episode title probably doesn't like a lot of sense, does it, guys?
1: Um, I'm three-quarters of the way with you.
0: <laughs> with the second kid on the way, and it being a girl, I bought uh, Vader and Son with uh, my son, and then I bought uh, Vader's Little Princess for the uh, the upcoming girl, and the Vader and son identifies itself as episode three and a half, and <laughs> Vader's Little Princess identifies itself as episode three and three quarters. So I figured we'd go from half mad to three quarters mad. Okay. Makes sense. We're making progress. Alright. <laughs> well, I am Chris Stevenson. The two gentlemen you've heard are Jay Earl. Hey. And Mike Cook. Yep. And this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. We are here to talk today about the Legend of the Five Rings expansion, Coils of Madness. Uh, Half Mad, we had uh, a few episodes ago talked about it as well. Today we're going to talk about the the cards that have been previewed since our, the Half Mad episode. And then try to identify what out of Coils of Madness is pertinent for Emperor Edition as opposed to only Ivory Edition. So when last we spoke, the Crab previews were up, but the Crab Clan website was down at the time we were recording, so they weren't there for me to, to talk about. So I I guess the the ones that I feel the most noteworthy out of the crab are Oushi, because that ability does have some real potential against a decent amount of the field, and then Kasuga Azawa, who is just bonkers.
1: Yes. I mean, I would agree. I don't, I don't think Azawa is as strong as you think, but other than that, yes. Not saying he's not strong, I just don't think he's quite as strong as you think.
0: I think free gold is good.
2: As with most things, it's hard to speculate on how the next environment's actually going to shape up. So who knows?
0: And, and Reese indicated that there was something about him that he would not be broken in Ivory Edition, but...
2: Uh, they've changed to only even gold costs, so one doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, the immediate suggestion that people have made is that they're actually getting rid of the whole discount thing, but I think that's pretty radical. If I was designing the game from scratch, guys would just cost what they say they cost, and then you would pay extra to get to get them full rather than getting a discount to get them not full, but that would be a, a big change. Yeah, it would just melt my brain trying to figure out exactly how the game, your economy develops anymore. <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I think it a lot of it would be mostly the same because everything would work on the same scale. I think it would just kind of push it back, probably, like a turn.
0: (laughs) Well, it it would definitely push it back because your money doesn't come out any faster. Right. Every personality would be more expensive, but attachments wouldn't be more expensive, and the holdings wouldn't be more expensive. It would make Colonial Dojo even better. Yep. But... Anyhow, that's entirely speculative. I mean, for right now, he's just—if you have him on first turn, it's a free extra gold for every turn for the rest of the game. That's right. That's not not shabby. I guess the main other observation I have about the crab is I would just note that uh, they've got two guys in here, Haruma Nakaru and Nishoji the Steelide, who duel off of their force, which I, I will pause to say is not nearly as good as anyone ever thinks it is. No. Unless there's somehow that you're actually making a dueling deck out of your crab deck. Right. Having one guy that says, I cannot be dueled, is like, if your dueling deck cannot deal with one guy who can't be dueled, you're screwed anyway.
2: You're playing Crane. <laughs> oh wait, that's redundant, never mind. <laughs> yep.
0: Well, now the Crane, I did think, got uh, a couple of good Pretty cards good out of this especially, maybe I'm paying extra attention to them because I feel that the dragons' ones of these prizes were just bad cards, but the Monk, Asukai the Tireless, and the Minor Clan personality, Suzumi Shindo, both seem great.
1: Yes. They're both really, really good.
0: I know he doesn't have any relevant keywords, but, and I don't usually like just force, but Asukai three force for two? And a relevant trait?
1: Oh, he's and he's boxable for two honor.
0: Yeah. Yes. And Shindo, you know what? I don't know what dueling is going to do in Ivory Edition, but those kinds of traits are always good. Yeah. I'm actually substantially more impressed with them than I am with the big flashy uniques, Hakuseki and, and Hattori. I, I like the little guys a lot. I like...
1: The, well, Honestly, I think uh, Crane overall got uh, just a solid set of personalities.
0: Yeah. Setting aside the...
1: Except for Ichigiku, I don't I don't so much like hers.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, setting setting aside the non-unique Fallen guy, which for most of the clans really aren't clan personalities. I mean, it's right. not a clan border, but they're Panku personalities. Yeah, I was going to say, other than Ichigiku, they're, they all seem pretty solid. Ichigiku seems just lousy.
1: Yeah, which is sad because she was so good in uh, in her previous form to make her go to, uh, oh, look, I'm 7 gold for a 3-4 duelist with 3 honor that can get up to 6 or maybe 7.
0: Well, it's if you control Kinara, so it, she right. doesn't ever get up to 7. She's just sometimes a six fours for 7 gold personality, which... Right. Whatever.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm sad to see, because I really liked her, so I'm really sad to see her be almost unplayable. Yeah. As a, a unique, too.
0: Oh, uh, I know. I mean, it, she's totally unplayable in Emperor, and maybe she'll be playable in Ivory, because who knows what's going to happen in Ivory, but she's right. not a strong card. Uh, the Lion, uh, we had seen some of their previews last time, because we had seen, I believe, Nimero and Sudokan, but obviously we've seen all of those now. I, I don't think that the Lion players are really excited about any of the, or think any of these guys are even playable. And, Maybe they're not, but I think there's some guys that at least have potential there. They're courtier. Ikoma Amy, you guys, the, some of the Crane players were talking about taking her out of clan. I know, again, I'm whining now, but she makes Kimura cry. Discard a card to just gain honor equal to its focus value. That's yeah. a lot of honor.
1: Yeah, it is. She, she does also have a 15 honor requirement. yes. So, well, I mean, if if you were to try to import her, that would be a big... I don't know. Well, I guess as a unique, it would probably be okay.
0: Well, I, I, I'm i not necessarily saying that you should import her as Crane. Right. Because the 15 is an issue. You get up to 15 pretty quickly, so it's not the yeah. end of the world, but...
1: You flip her first turn, you're not bringing her out in an imported deck.
0: Her ability was strong enough that people were looking at her as a, oh, maybe I can bring her out. and And right. if she can't find a place in a Lion Honor deck, it's just because it's got so many other crazy good options right now. If there is a Lion Honor deck in Ivory Edition, I imagine that she's going to be fantastic at the start of the arc.
1: I'd imagine she'd find a place just because she's a courtier with four Gs, so she could actually run um, that card. Yeah, there we go.
2: Hopefully that won't be in E. that won't be in
1: Ivory. In ivory, Ivory, yeah.
2: Natsu...
0: Komatssu also seems like he's got some potential he's a little pricey because he's got an above box on a requirement but you know he's got cavalry give your best other guy cavalry I think that's got potential not right now but yeah. but then uh, Morito Inoye the the ox clan guy I, I know a six gold guy isn't boxable for lion but he's extra gold production on a personality which I think <laughs> should not be discounted.
1: And it's not like he's just gold, extra gold production. That that's just a benefit you get off of him. Like, you don't have to sack him to get extra gold. He just gives you extra gold on top.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, he's you are paying for it in a way, because obviously, if, right. if he didn't have that ability, you would never consider running him. If he cost one less and he had that ability, uh, you know. Anyhow. Mantis, we've got the previews for... I, I don't know if any of these are playable now. I don't think so. Suruchi just doesn't have the Force to be valid yet, I don't think. But it's one of those things where I I feel like they at least got a decent foundation. Again, they, they got a minor clan personality who... Okay, that's only Force, but it's a lot of Force. And their monk guy is decent. You know, I could see those being nice and rounding out guys. I suspect that Saruchi is going to be gangbusters in Ivory edition at least at launch. Yeah. And Minori's ability does not suck either. If if any of them is functional is is worth playing in Emperor edition, I would tend to think it would be Minori.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree. Yes, well, it does have to be discarded, so I don't know how often they discard personalities. Well, I guess whenever a province gets taken.
0: Yeah, I guess Border Keep does substantially reduce the quantity of discarded personalities that are laying around.
1: say, I think even, um, probably not even right now, but uh, especially in Ivory, if they still have a Magistrate deck. Tanogi, I know, you know most of the Fallen guys are not typically in clan, but... He's still a three gold mag- three fourth magistrate for three gold and expendable, and two honor loss is really not that big of a hit.
0: Yeah, and they and their guys usually don't have honor requirements, right? You know, or there's zero honor requirements, so just losing two doesn't hose you. Although we do see Srucci in here with an honor requirement. I think the only clan we hadn't gotten to is is the Spider. They also seem like they got a, a relatively good draw out of this. Their monk, Yunmin the Whisper, I think is amazing. I think she is an auto-include in their monk, in their Sohei decks. Yeah.
2: Now? Yeah, since they have weapons and that can effectively be give three units, three province-buster units, Calv. 1-3 to
0: three target cards cavalry is give 1-3 to three units cavalry unless you're playing with followers. And, you know, who's doing that in Emperor Edition? Right. Uh, <laughs> which is the downfall of Eric and I suspect being able to buy followers out of your discard pile as a battle action does not suck. I think that deck is just not functional for Emperor Edition. But if it's still around for Ivory edition, which I suspect that it will be. Especially because there are two commanders in here. Then I think he will be a very good. I think he's a much stronger place to start than Gyokin is. I think the art on, uh, Kuroko is cool. Yes. I'm not sure if she ends up in or not, just to take the imperial favor from your opponent, but.
1: That, I I can't, I can't see where it would be. I mean, it's so of such little use. Well, I mean, it's still card cycling, but four gold for card cycling seems like it's a bit much. For someone who doesn't even have any keywords you care about.
0: Yeah, that's basically the personality roundup. The other mechanic that's in here that we haven't talked about yet is Karmic. There are five cards with Karmic in the expansion. It is and I'm sure this is exactly the comparison that Reese wants to hear it's it's totally cycling <laughs> well it's cycling without the built in expandability. Maybe I've just been listening to Rosewater's drive to work podcast too much, but one of the the interesting random things about cycling is and if you don't for those who haven't played magic cycling was a an ability that is. When it, it was cycling two, and it was pay two, discard discard from your hand, draw a card. Karmic is, if it's a, on a fate card, it's pay two, discard it from your hand to draw a card. If it's in your province, it's discard the card from your province, and it refills the province face up. When it first came out in Magic, they, every single card was cycling two. And... When one of the questions was, why is it cycling too? If it, everything is cycling, why is it cycling too? Why is it not just cycling? And that's because they decided, I, I think basically at the last minute, well, we're going to leave our options open in case we want to revisit this. We can change the cost. And then they have gone back and done that later in, in different blocks, having colored mana costs in cycling or non-mana costs in cycling, that sort of thing.
1: And land cycling.
0: Yes, that was another variant that did with it, basic land cycling, which was... Oh, who cares what it was? Yep. <laughs> Anyhow, I, that's a little bit too much off. But uh, cycling is really good in Magic. I think it's by default less good in L5R because Magic, you frequently have lots of turns with spare mana laying around. I mean, you can have turns where uh, games and formats where it's turn four combo curse explosions and There's no way on earth you're ever going to spend two to cycle a card. That just isn't going to happen. But there are also games where you don't do anything on turn two, and so you just cycle something expensive to try to get something cheaper or try to get land to play on turn three. Or you have games that are extended draw-go sessions or draw-play-threat-remove-threat. Game lasts for a longer while. L5R doesn't really do that. So, you're, you're, other than right at the end of the game, your, your gold tends to be more constrained. What are your guys' thoughts structurally on Karmic?
1: I would say that it looks like what they've attached it to, or at least looking at the strategies they've attached it to, uh, they seem to have attached it to cards that are very situational. Which was basically the same way that they used cycling and magic, just because it's obviously the, the most direct comparison. So something like invocation, uh, which is normally a limited until your next turn begins, uh, reduce honor gain by one unless you control Spirit, which is very obviously a uh, a honor meta against the uh, against the honor match for Lion and for Mantis. So that's a very narrow card. It might be good enough to run. I'm guessing maybe they're trying this instead of, hey, let's make this thing so good you would always run it, or hey, let's put multiple things on this so that, you know, it's always useful. I'm guessing maybe that's where Karmic is.
0: I think out of these particular five, when we look at the specifics of it, I think that the Heaven's Blessing is probably the best.
1: Yeah, well, Just, let's, once again, Emperor Edition.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, that's right, yes. And it is Emperor Edition only. What a shock.
1: Well, you know, permanently saying you have to pay two gold to draw a card from an action uh, from a strategy is
0: pretty good. Yeah, or or just the ability to completely shut down honor gain for a phase doesn't doesn't stink either.
1: With a four focus value, of course.
0: <laughs> the the other one that I actually the one that I like the best after that because let's say, it, is just weak. Sukihime Sanction is very exactly. narrow. <laughs>
2: I feel like Sukuhime's sanction is a draft card.
1: I can see that, yeah,
0: yeah. Although I'm kind of now that I'm thinking about this, why, why does Sukhimei's sanction force somebody to join your clan? I don't know. Because
2: reasons. Come on, that is exactly the type of se- thing Tsukihime would do. <laughs> she is crazy. Yeah. Madness. What, what, what is that? You're really annoyed at the crab for some reason. How about you go join them? <laughs> The, the one that
0: I like the next best is actually Fudoist Advisor. Set aside what it is as a card. Who cares about destroy a Pan card? That's a pretty narrow meta. But what I'm more interested in the fact that it's
2: a two for two that cycles.
0: Yes, you get near the end of the game. Unless you're an honor deck, you're if you're probably not. But unless you're an honor deck, you're playing Border Keep XP two. So you don't have the ability to play late in the game flush if you get a bunch of holdings. Well, now, late in the game, that is a, that is the time when you've got a bunch of extra gold and it's completely reasonable to pay two to cycle that away in order to get another shot at a personality. So, right. I don't know that that's actually... I'm not saying that's actually going to get in a deck because you've got some really good holding options, but I...
2: Right, well I mean it depends on what the holdings look like going into ivory but I can yeah. certainly see in ivory if there's a limited holding selection putting this card in for exactly that reason because it's karmic because I mean even for an honored deck having an ex an honored deck is gonna uh, highly likely end up at one or two provinces at the end of the game and they desperately need guys every yeah. turn I was gonna so say having Karmicon. Having extra refills, even at a two-gold cost, can totally be worth it for an honor deck. Yep. So, yeah, I would not be the least bit surprised to be see this being a staple early arc honor deck holding simply on the strength of Karmic.
1: Yeah, depending on what other, um, right. what other I mean, holdings are out. Yeah. I, I kind of I hope they put Karmic on more holdings. Not every holding, but... <laughs> I think it's generally pretty useful. Probably more useful than the fake cards. Yeah.
0: yeah, I I think it is generally pretty useful. On the other hand, you you know you don't want to overdo it. No, 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 absolutely. Because no. it's stronger, that means you have to make the card overall weaker. You take off the karmic Fudoist advisor is terrible.
1: Yep, and out maybe in the Fudo deck, but other than that, yeah, no. Well, even still... in
0: the Fudo deck, it doesn't. even... Okay, so in the environment right now. What are the cards that we think might be emperor functional? I mean, the first place to start with that is just be like, okay, what are the cards that don't have ivory bugs? That's a pretty good signaler that that this is tournament playable. <laughs> yeah, but but I think that there are some cards beyond that, border keep and bamboo harvester XP two. Those getting anywhere?
1: Uh, I don't see it.
2: Yeah, not really. I mean, I do still like the idea of Border Keep XP2 giving Lion the ability to play the Diamond Mines. And I actually do like the Bamboo Harvesters, because that could be a crazy amount of gold. But uh, I, I just feel like their younger brothers, which are going to be legal for longer, trump them.
0: I don't think Bamboo Harvesters is of particular interest. I think the Border Keep XP2 is, but it's just really hard to get past Border Keep XP. Right. I can see Border Keep XP2 used to enable different holding builds. And like you said, Jay, the the Lion.
2: Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the only place in my mind where it's particularly interesting, and I don't honestly see it, see Lion building that deck. It's a fun concept deck, Maybe I'm wrong, maybe that'll do really well, but it seems unlikely.
0: I think that Asukai, the Tireless, actually could get played this arc.
2: Out of what clan?
0: Well, I meant getting played out of Crane.
2: People are still playing Crane? Yes. Oh. Then sure.
0: I guess he could get played by another clan, too, but... Yeah, are you gonna play him out of your or Is that your? He's
2: actually not that bad for it, but.
0: No, he's not. He I... even like he has got Conqueror too. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Crane. It's what we're known for conquering.
2: Is there some way can we trade you? No. Like we'll <laughs> <Give> her... <laughs> Uh, just get Ring of Earth into play, and he's free.
0: Yeah. Well, he cares less than the. Uh, tra- the, guy, the guy who only than costs the two team less.
2: cost. Yes.
0: I think there are several possibilities in the Scorpion lineup. Uh, and it's a hard lineup to crack. It's a very hard lineup to crack for their Dishonored X, but Kachiko and Kamioi and Natoshi all have potential. I think they're all going to be gangbusters come Ivory Edition, but I think that they there are places that they could fit in. I think Kachiko should get played in Embration.
2: Yeah, I yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking I might put K- Kachiko in my Phoenix deck just because that trait is that amazing and I could use more courtiers.
0: <laughs> Remember, she's only a three. Can't rhetoric for a lot. I guess you can rhetoric some, uh-huh. but it's enough. Three's enough. How much do I have
1: to bribe Reese to not put rhetoric back in Ivory?
0: I don't think you have to bribe him. I think rhetoric is not going to be an ivory.
1: Bribe bribe him with Truth.
0: (laughs) I don't know. And then Natoshi, that's really solid if you actually are swinging in there too, which they aren't really doing right now. But if they are, I think he's got real...
1: He's a big old ninja. Potential. I think he's going to be scary next arc.
0: Yeah. when Melee 6 seems big next arc. I mean, once you get yeah. past Saruchi and Mitsu, like guys with costs associated with their attacks, I think you've got a bunch of like Melee 3s or pay gold for a Melee attack. I, ugh.
1: This card really highly amuses me. Somehow it slipped under my radar, but uh, like I just like the art a lot. I know that has no relevance to actually playing the card, but um, it also amuses me whenever it comes into play, everybody loses honor.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> just nuke this honor, sucker.
0: Yes. And of course, and he can be banned in War of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? No, you have to ban him in War of Honor.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or else he's like, come into to play. Wait, ban in what
2: now? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: there were a couple of Kote that had that as a side event. Uh, it couldn't uh, be eight. the honor contest, because that had to be non-cards.
1: I made it through one Gen Con.
0: Yes. There's... there's Hante. we'll get to the some of the other Emperor Legal stuff, and some of the Celestials are... More, we'll talk about that with Fudo and Panku. Hante's Guidance? That's a strong trade, but the Celestial slot is just such tough competition right now.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, just in general, it has been since its inception... Well, but I think it, it has been since its
0: Inception, but this, so, for so long, this arc, oceans has been around since before the arc started, and that's amazing. And Jurigans is extremely good, too. Really, almost any deck, I almost any, deck, any deck, you could play those cards. Any deck. Yep. And a lot of decks, you just, like, ink them in on your deck list and leave them there for a year and a half.
1: Because I can't make better than those. Or hopefully they won't. Shouldn't. They shouldn't make better than And others. they haven't
0: so far. Not, right. not as a general matter. Let's see. Colonial Dojo. Especially for Unicorn. Yeah. And it, you buy the guy for full. So you get the honor.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. I,
0: I think that's a possibility for anybody. And that's extremely good for Unicorn. They have the most expensive personalities, and that's just, you know, Box plus Border Keep. Extremely good for Unicorn.
1: Yes. I think it's also pretty good for uh, Crab. Although I guess the Berserkers are really their expensive guys, so th- that doesn't really help them as much.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. If I could consistently hit it out of Crane, that might be actually not be bad.
0: Yeah, it's it's not, not bad. I mean,
1: that's, like, two holdings for honor for four, you know, for one of my big guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, bow, bow for eight gold, basically. Yeah. I mean, its drawback is obvious. It doesn't come out on turn one. Right. I, if if you're Well, not, unless
1: you're playing the new border keep.
0: Yes, unless they, there's a reason. There's like, see? I told you, interesting <laughs> things that can be done.
1: Yeah, I, I would much rather it be um, an interesting thing that's possible than... You know what? We just don't even have that available to us.
0: Yeah. Flame Lash? Is there enough? You worry this... I mean, there's definitely attachments around.
1: I think this, if you're in a spell deck, this probably... No, I mean... No, no
2: I don't think this goes in a spell deck. I think this goes in the uh, Honor or Dishonor deck. is your guy who you're going to be leaving at home anyway, so you can get multiple uses out of it try to blunt their attacks by killing the attachments that you're worried about. Well, it,
0: I mean, you can get multiple uses out of it, even if you're attacking. You will play the flamelash, you use it. I mean, you have to kill the guy it's on when you attack with him, but there are certainly games you can go where it, you're not going to use it at all, and there are going to be other games where you're just sort of destroying natural aviary tokens, but hey, if they're willing to pay two gold every time to put them on, you'll, you'll make your money back. Right. There's a question of fitting it in there, you know. You're you're paying money, and you're not getting force, but
1: in an environment where it, you have the, basically the same thing, but also could potentially move you in, I, I think that card just wins over. The only thing that this would really be great against is more of like a, a Kensei deck or a big weapon deck, and those don't seem to be as prevalent. Well, I it,
0: yeah, they're they're not, but there are there are Kensei decks around, somewhat still the. The Spider Ninja, or Spider, whatever it is, out of the Ninja Box, that still uses, or, or some often uses big weapons. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where that's going to go in, but I think that's certainly got possibilities. Another one I've seen talking about, although I like it, I don't like it a, ter- a ton, is playing with Haunte the 16. I, tutoring is good, but I, I don't know. I mean, it lets you go get Rhetoric, and Rhetoric is. Ludicrously good in the right matchups.
2: Right. Plus, it can pull out of the discard pile, which is always handy.
0: Yeah, and there's a there's actual political kill this mm-hmm. this right now as well. And for similar reasons, Heart of Fudo. It's a walking of the way for non shugenja. So it's been a while since walking really got played a ton, but some enlightenment decks. Could use that sort of thing for more combo power.
1: Fudo has no heart.
0: Okay. For those dragon personalities who I've been loving to whine about, Kinaro, I think, is playable. You can always chuck him if your opponent's just got a bunch of high honor personalities. And Mitsu, I think, has potential... The monk base is still pretty bad, so... You hopefully get to keep him out for a turn before you have to use his ability, so you can shoot and then reload. Because if you have to shoot and get dropped down to five, then he's bad, bad, bad in Emperor. Yeah. Looming danger, it destroys an enemy unit, so that must be Emperor playable, right? Uh, uh,
2: probably. Maybe. Presumably, yes.
0: Uh, Yeah. I've got Berserkers and Oni. Those are, yes, playable. And I've got Infinite Straighten in this environment, right? So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's got some work that it can get done in this environment. In those two decks, I think those are the really the only two it could. It's going to work in, right?
2: Uh, T.O.P.
0: Because <laughs> everybody's
2: because everybody shrinky shrinks against T.O.P.
0: Well, I guess it should work for Kensei too, right? Mm. Our guys have lots of force
2: and lots of straighten.
0: And lots of, yes, and you, and you played with a lot of straight. and So, I don't know that that's tournament pertinent, but <laughs> but hey. We've got a cute terrain, or a couple of cute terrains, actually. There's the one that's only Emperor Legal, no way out. Which is really ugly if for the attacker if you can hold the province. I mean, that's really yeah. punishing.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only problem is, since it is Emperor, a lot of the Emperor honor, dishonor decks are just not showing up. Since this, I mean, this punishes you for losing, but you have to play it before the battle's done.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah. So you have to defend with somebody, play that, and then have them not take your province, despite having played your first action, to not accomplish something. Right. Right. And then there's also meta against it in the form of Temple Grounds, which I put on here because I noted that it's an engaged terrain and it's terrain destruction. You know, it's two forms of meta, right? You can use it as meta against presenceless defense, and you can use it as meta against other terrains. Yep. So that seems like it's got some kind of possibility. I'll mention Overwhelming Chaos just because... We like chaos. Well, I don't usually like cards like this, but there are certainly combo decks where that sort of thing is the bee's knees.
2: Plus, it's kind of sometimes just hilarious to do that to your opponent.
0: I tutor for something? No, you didn't?
2: Yeah. Or just, you know, oh, what's that? You look like you have the great hand to come wreck my face. Let's try again.
0: Yeah, well, you're in a kind a of little mind gamey there. Mm. Recon Scouts is just obviously nuts, if you're...
1: Yeah. is <laughs> <That's> obviously nuts. <laughs> it's
0: an extremely playable follower. Extremely playable. There's another... Finally, there are really good followers, because Thunderous Legion is pretty good, too. Yeah. Those are both big pick-me-ups for... for follower decks. The Recon guy is a scout, and he gives you Recon, but it doesn't matter. He just does a sneak attack and a force penalty. Yep. I don't think that that's actually going to make a commander deck come out, because there are just structural issues with with attachments now as well. But there's a definite possibility that, or not not a definite possibility, but I, if there's a commander deck, those guys should be in it.
1: Yes. Yes. Very, uh, So I'm guessing that while we're waiting for the changeover to Ivory, which is weird because this is an Emperor, the Thunderous, and, uh, and the... A recon or uh, emperor only. I'm guessing they're just treated like zero honor requirements, since you know you have other followers that have honor requirements.
0: They just don't have an honor requirement.
1: Yeah, or yeah. They, well, zero is basically that's the same the thing. thing but yeah.
0: zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they basically just have a zero
1: and a dash
2: personal honor. Or
0: well, yeah, but that was always the... a null stat anyway. Like it, right. they don't, it's not that they had a dash personal honor. It's that they that stat just didn't exist. It's because uh, really, it's That is there on followers only because they were still using the same templates template. from yeah. <laughs> the personalities when they, they first created the followers 17 years ago. Riot in the Second City is very good if you don't have Samurai in your deck. Because it lets you bow two guys. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Assuming they have Samurai.
0: If they have Samurai, yes. If they have two straight, straightened Samurai, yeah. Because on your turn, when it resolves, you can make them choose and target an unbound Samurai. They have to choose their own guy. And then you choose a different one, and then they both get bowed. I'd play that if I'm playing a non-Samurai deck.
1: Wouldn't you both be able to pick the same Samurai?
0: No, because somebody has to pick first. And I believe that if you're the active player, you get to choose who picks first.
1: Oh, I'll be interested to see the ruling. I would think that it would be simultaneous, so all the targeting targeting would be happening at the same time. The,
0: well, but it can't be, not unless you have blind announcement or something, right? You're like, what? You like get out a slip of paper and each you writes it down and.
1: Right. Well, it does have to come in some order. So yeah, I guess I see what you're saying because because if you if he got to de- uh, decide the order, then he would just let you pick and then just pick whatever you picked.
0: It happens simultaneously as far as the game is looking at, but...
1: But, in real life, it has to.
0: Do you think Shinobi Vassal is actually good enough to make it in a ninja deck, if someone was actually playing a ninja deck, out of Scorpion?
1: Uh, I don't think so.
2: No, because there's not enough... I'm, I mean, you're mostly playing him at that point, that he's too gold to destroy in an in enemy a, in a, in a attachment, and... There just isn't enough enemy attachments to be worth the target. They're not playing 2 Force for 2 Gold followers they already have.
1: Well, well, it's that, you know, you're destroying an enemy card without attachments, and ninjas don't have a ton of attachments. I mean, there's generic attachment mm-hmm. destruction, but if there was more to combo this with, 2 Gold to kill somebody it's pretty good. Uh, but ninjas tend to want to avoid battle.
2: Yeah.
1: Or at least currently they do.
0: Well, I think the fact that you can attach it as a battle action gives it additional play. But strength in the earth, I think, is obviously good. I mean, that is great for Phoenix. It is stupendous for spider monks. It's pretty good for dragon as well, but man, it's nuts for spider monks. Strength of the Divine, on the other hand, doesn't Paragons just have better options than that now?
2: Yeah. Oh, it isn't bugged, it's doubled, is it? Yeah, no, they have better options right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tsukihime's Chambers, another one of these, hey, maybe there's, you can use this with your Border Keep XP2 gold scheme because it costs three, but it bows for four to pay for a unique personality. You're making one of these, everybody's unique decks. Not shabby gold production, if you get to buy it off your Border Keep XP2.
2: Well, post-recurring honor gain is always good.
1: I feel like this actually goes in the Imperial deck.
0: The Imperials are actually starting to really pick up Kote wins now. I think they have three. Dragon is going to finish with none. Not a one.
1: Crane had one, right?
0: No, you've got two. Oh, wow. Although they were both relatively small ones. But uh, right. Dragon is going to finish with no wins, and we're going to lose a province to the Crane. It's because because you guys are so bad as well. Losing three times to crane players is losing more than anyone else to crane players. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs>
1: well, you know. Well, I mean, even even the um, the longtime crane players I've been seeing have been uh, switched over to imperials.
0: Oh no, yeah, your your attendance is awful at this point. But anyhow, uh, the egg uh, the egg seems that's expensive, but that good fun. Uh, yeah. It's not the original leg, but, you know, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I take your best personality, I basically remove him from the game for a turn, and I get a copy. I do have to bow one of my guys, which you know, hopefully I've got somebody cheap. Yeah. Right. It is expensive, but taking out your guy, giving myself an extra guy, thats that's got some...
1: Well, and in, 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 like you said, in an environment where you've got infinite unbow,
0: The Empire's foe exposed, that's actually might be better now than at the launch of the arc because it requires you and the other player to have unique personalities, but an event that just kills someone is not to be trifled with, don't you think?
1: No, yeah. I'm assuming that, uh, obviously the limited is there, so it's going to work a little bit differently, but I'm assuming that you don't get to... Let it sit around or whatever. It's like whenever it comes up, you have to use it that turn.
0: Yes, right now, under the Emperor rules, you just ignore the, the ability word. It's just a trait. It just resolves as, as it always has for right now.
1: I think it's too dependent, requiring both of us to have a unique personality in play and yours to not have manage to have a higher chi than mine. Because, yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's going to be Duelist decks that run this.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're playing that just on the off chance that your Herodomine right. XP2 is out. <laughs> do you think uh, Siang, the, bene- the, uh, the Benevolent, is playable with this arc?
2: Just don't need more straightened. We've got plenty of straighten hanging around.
1: Yeah, well I don't know. You do have a lot of straightened. Um, and he he himself does not have cavalry. Right. Oh, no, he sits
0: at home. Right. Yeah. And has infinite chi. If you notice, like, all those five chi guys in the unicorn, I bet you were loving that, Mike.
1: Yeah, oh, that that's <laughs> super fantastic. <laughs> oh, wait, the clan I'm having, uh, we normally have problems with, they're also going to be hard to duel. This seems like a fantastic idea.
0: Well... Look on the bright side. You just lose to everybody anyway, this arc. Hey! <laughs> Ignore the fact that this stuff, this stuff is legal for next arc, too. Right. Well, uh, there has been some chi kill around, and those decks get to add unbearable weight into the mix. If you are playing with your chi kill in the deck, I guess your, your hope might be play unbearable weight, reduce the enemy personality to one, and then pop them with one of the other strategies so that your opponent doesn't get the unbearable weight themselves. But that should be a pretty reliable kill against somebody who's, say,
1: 3 Chi. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, because you'll be probably get popped for 2 or 1, and then hopefully you can finish it off.
0: Even just if they're 3 Chi, you could... I think it's probably reliable higher than that if you're adding on other Chi kill, but you right. could just play it by itself If you target a 3 Chi personality, which is still an awful lot of personalities, are 3 or less Chi, that's... You flip up a 3 focus value, they're dead. Your opponent gets it, but... If you know that your deck's got good focus values, they may or may not... You know, I don't know. It's not necessarily the end of the world if your opponent gets it. No. Uh, But anyhow, I I do think that that has the possibility of, of getting in. Is there anything I've missed there out of possibly playable in Emperor Edition? Setting aside the the Fudo and Panku stuff for now.
1: Not, not to my recall. Jaybird? Yeah,
2: nothing I'm aware of.
0: Okay, so Fudo. This is a more normal sort of deck, I think. The False Path basically lets you take all the best non-unique Monks, from the other clans and throw them in a deck, and they're all effectively in clan for you. Seems like it's got some potential.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that card set well enough to say, but it seems like you could build something nasty out of that.
2: Well, especially because you've got that one Fudo guy from a few sets ago that was something like bow three Fudo cards to draw a card. So, him in here means bow three dudes to draw a card. If you're making a combo deck, cards are much better than having your dudes up.
0: I think you're definitely gonna have false enlightenment backup here, because, see so your box, you've got, you've only got the three gold production, which is, I guess, your drawback as far as buying all those out of clan personalities. But you've got a nice nine province strength. Uh, you are pretty much always going last. You get to dig up Fudo rings with your box. In this set, the false rings are weird, but some of them are very easy to put into play. You just win a battle. False Ring of Air. You have two copies of the guy in play who increases your hand size by one. You know, False Ring of Fire, which then is really nice honor and dishonor meta. You have to win a duel for the False Ring of Earth, which seems really rough. False Ring of Earth is the, totally the guy you're using Asako Usahara for. Blow him up to put a false ring into play. Yeah, and, and then you're hoping to build to the the Fudo's assurances of, aha, I have five Fudo rings. Nuke. Yeah, and and because you're probably importing a reasonable number of henshin, you can play with the Sacred Rosary of the Phoenix. Yes. To tutor for it. Because that card's not broken at
2: all. You're right, it's not. We need another one. (laughs) But as far as Fudo stuff from before
0: this set, you've got free gold, so that doesn't stink. You've got the follower that gets plus one force for every other Fudo card you control, which I'm sure you can think of something to do with infinite force.
1: Uh, no, I haven't figured out a solution for infinite force yet. <laughs> well, let me specify. I'm creating, I don't understand force higher than the three.
0: Yeah. The Mukadori becomes really handy for you. He's the guy who bows your followers, but more importantly, your other Fudo cards now cost one less. But I think your main, your main upside is that you can build towards infinite province destruction, and you can bring all the monks in from all the other factions. Although, you lose a lot of synergy there. You get Henshin, but you don't get the broken, non-Henshin box that they get run out of. You get the Dragon Monks, but whatever, they're not very good anyway. You get the Spider Monks, but... You're not playing weapons, playing so you we can, can but... And you're going last against everyone.
1: You go before the um, TFT.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, Just saying. Yes, you go before TFT, but don't have the thousand and one awesome Oni Force guys. I don't know. I mean, you could, I think you could make a more normal sort of deck out of that. You know, it's kind of an obvious deck. Like, okay, what are the best non-unique Fudo monks? How do I make sure that I get these false rings into play? And here's hoping I can get the Fudo Cannon online because you yeah. can just tutor up the false ring, so that's not yeah. an issue. But do you have? The, the Fudo Cannon is good, but it also takes time. It's not like a I win next turn when you combo like you do with a normal Enlightenment deck. So how much time do you have to get this ring and get that ring? You know, you got to get those rings in your hand and get them out.
1: Well, and you're also not playing Lion Personalities, and this Stronghold produces three.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which
1: is also going to slow you down. I mean the nine. The nine would uh, would theoretically help to balance that back out, but I don't think two broken strength's is going to do enough to
0: two province strength makes it a lot harder to take when they do their first attack. So I, I think that I think the, the big thing is that the nine is all is more balancing out the you're going last, right, and, and than just the gold production. And then Panku, oh, I don't know where this deck is going. If you try to build a normal pan coup deck. I'm crazy. No, when I say normal, I mean basically let's put a bunch of fallen guys in a deck. I don't know. How does that. You get to go first. Is there really a. I don't know that you can do the blitz. The all holding blitz deck out of
2: this. It, it does seem like a lot of the non unique fallen guys were dirt cheap. It's at least four that are three for five gold, to so
0: th- three. Yeah, yeah. there's a whole bunch of three-fours for three. But you've got the the wonky gold scheme. You've got some pretty solid uniques when you add in the following stuff and don't care about the honor loss. Sudokan is handy. Chicago ain't bad. Natoshi's pricey as all get out and probably don't care about causing them the honor loss except as uh, as meta I think you end up with a semi-normal gold scheme, but then these Fallen guys as a military deck just aren't exciting. Yeah, you get to go first, and they may actually be playable out of the Fallen deck, where the honor loss just makes them not playable out of the basic deck, but you get to hand out Madness tokens. Does that make up for the fact that you have no province strength at all? No. Because you're really going to have to load on Peasants lists. It's not like the ninja deck where you've got the the built-in thing. So so then you switch to combo. Well, I don't know what the combo is. The one combo I've seen suggested the most is the one with the... There's the region that whenever you buy a farm out of it, you can refill it face-up, and so you use the stronghold to make all your holdings cost two less, and then you hopefully... You have like 30 farms in your deck, and you hope to just buy farm after farm after farm after farm out of this. And, and then, then
2: you buy Shadow Dragon. And oh. then you buy
0: Shadow Dragon or Kazaro Nooni or. Now, the, the biggest weakness of this is that you have to hit the region on your first flip. Because you get to look at a lot of cards with Border Keep. Once you get it, you can set yourself up to get the farm holdings, but
2: since regions only attach during the event phase.
0: Yeah. yeah. If that's your whole game plan, you've got to You've got to assume that you don't get anything on turn one, that you just get some holdings on turn one. You don't get your farms. Now you go first, so that is maybe surmountable. And then turn two, now you've had the chance to board a keep twice. Now you're going to have the region set up there. And now you can hopefully on turn two buy a whole bunch of farms in a row. You may get unlucky and you buy the farm holding and then the next card is one of those things. So, if you can make that work, if you get to do that on turn two, then your opponent guys buys guys on turn two. And then on your turn three, you hopefully buy a Gazzaro Nooni and a Shadow Dragon. And hopefully that's enough to take the game. But you better be... Cause you don't have any personalities in the deck.
2: Yeah. Also, the the crane courtiers can come and crush your provinces. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, the shadow dragon is a conqueror, so there's that. Mm-hmm. You can play with fortifications, except that
2: <laughs> it's not a farm.
0: <laughs> I'll say yeah. Except now that's gonna make your deck worse. So I, I I don't know that that really gets anyone. It's like the now, that has not been how the Imperial deck won either. It did not use the the crazy combo deck. But I, I still think that, that that deck should not be discounted. I think that there's a more obvious, normal-feeling deck for the Fudo Stronghold, but I still think there's more possibility for the crazy, out-of-the-box, you know, Madness. Like, well, Madness, let's, let me just... Just wow, oh my gosh, combo zaniness for, for Panku. Not a Grang Wong deck, because I think Greg Wong, that's, that's usually a more, I'm, I think actually Fudo would be your Greg Wong deck. Mm. Right? It can do, it's, it's pseudo enlightenment, and it's doing military, and it's got a, you know, that's, I think that's more your Greg Wong deck. But, I don't know. So, that's an hour or so of me talking about uh, Coils of Madness with you guys occasionally being asked questions. So, last question. Anything else about Coils of Madness for right now?
1: Uh, just reiterating what I said, it, the the ivory stuff makes me feel pretty good for ivory. I, it seems like it, it's at a nice power level.
0: <laughs> okay, these personalities don't feel good right now.
1: Yeah, No, they don't, but I actually do generally like how they work? That you know, you're not playable now, but if they're playable in the next arc, that seems pretty good.
0: Yes. <laughs> At least your personalities are like that.
1: <laughs> oh well, yeah, well, yeah. You know. <clears throat> Don't worry, I'm sure we'll get terrible personalities in the next couple sets.
0: Eh, uh, I uh, You guys have had. It's not like Crane have never had periods of being good. No. Uh, but. But yes, this entire arc is not one of them. Hey,
1: I was not the one who complained about my personalities first.
0: No, I am. I am. I. You know, I I think that, and I'll do it again right now, I think that the monk and the minor clan personality, the dragon god, are terrible. Yeah. They're just awful. And if they're playable in Ivory Edition, that's... I mean, I can at least come up with some narrow meta situation where Kimura could be playable, but The Asagi, just essentially a blank two for two with no keywords. Maybe there's a blitz deck, which I don't want there to be blitz decks. No. So, other than that, I mean, he's just binder fodder. That trait is worthless. Yes. If I was the guy who picked that personality, I would be pissed off. That my, that I, like, not that he was very high in the pick order, but, you know, clearly, you picked that guy because he had a good trait. And they completely changed the trait, so it went from being really good to being awful. And I could understand why they'd have to do that, but if I picked that guy, I would understand why they did that, and I would still be pissed, because my pick just got ruined. Uh, All right, that is it for this episode of Strange Assembly. So bye-bye for Jay Earl and Mike Cook, and I'm Chris Stevenson please check us out at our website, strangeassembly.com. Feel free to give us feedback. You can email me at chris at strangeassembly.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at strangeassembly, Or see what's up with us on Facebook, where we're also Strange Assembly. Hey, we are strange and we are assembling. But I hear they're making another movie about us a couple of years from now when the next movie about us come out, right? We fight Thanos. No?
1: Is is that strange? Um, It seems like a Thursday to me.
0: Well, there's assembling. I I say yes. We are going to fight Thanos. Okay. that's what we'll do for the 100th episode. We will fight Thanos.
1: (laughs) Remind me to be sick that week. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. He'll find you anyways.
0: Somewhere in a box in a closet, I've got the Infinity Gauntlet comics. I will go read up on how to beat Thanos.
1: You use his blinding ego is basically what it turns out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does have a blinding ego. Anyhow, see you guys next time. Bye-bye.
1: We have a Hulk.